This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Talk Radio 77, WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station, 77 WABC. That is the greatest counterculture group of all time, The Clash. And they dedicated that song to the Guardian Angels back in the 80s. They also linked it up to uh, Taxi Driver, the Nero and Taxi Driver, the wave of vigilantism. But, um, Anthony, they used to sit on St. Mark's Place in one of the many uh, bistros at the time. Had no idea. I was living on Avenue A, St. Mark's Place, so I'd be going back and forth with the Guardian Angels right out of Tompkins Square Park. And it inspired the Clash to dedicate this song, Red Angel Dragnet, which is about the highest compliment you could be paid. You bet. Counterculture group of all time, the Clash, synonymous with the big LES where you live, the Lower East Side, where I lived for 10 years. And I got to tell you, coming up here to join you for Left versus Right, Today was the best of times for me and the worst of times. So can we start off with the best of times? Yeah, for sure. So I returned to where I had lived for 10 years, 131 Avenue A, second floor, tenement, right opposite Tompkins Square Park, and down the block is Ray. Ray, who is a fixture in the neighborhood. He still runs the old-style candy shop, 24 hours a day. He's 90 years old. And just recently, he got totally beaten up outside of his... 24-hour candy store, 3 o'clock in the morning. One black guy, one white guy, viciously beat him. He was able to survive. Never took a day off. He kept working. He works the midnight shift to like 8, 10 in the morning. And so I was there with the Guardian Angels because we've been patrolling ever since that attack, and we gave him an award. It's our 44th anniversary Monday, February 13, 1979. And he couldn't be more appreciative. And there's not enough cops in the uh, Ninth Precinct to cover the area. So it was so good because a lot of people that I lived with in here came out. Yeah, it's great. We need the Guardian Angels. The Hells Angels moved out on 3rd Street, sold their building for millions of dollars. They're now up at Throg's Neck. We need the Guardian Angels patrolling. So I felt so good. And especially being side-by-side with Ray. You may not know this, Anthony, but in April of 1992, when I was doing the morning show with Lisa Angels in the morning, I would buy the papers every morning from Ray because there was no Internet. He had to get your news from the hard copy. And I would talk with Ray, and then I would catch a cab and come to WABC, which was at 17th floor, Two Penn Plaza uh, at Madison Square Garden. And on that morning of April 22nd, three guys jumped out of a car, three Gavones from the Gambino crime family. I remember like it was yesterday. It was Anthony Ruggiero, Steve Kaplan, one of your peeps, Mikey McLaughlin, and they hit me 32 times with baseball bats on the orders of the Gaudis. And you know who came out and did the intervention at the age of 60? Ray. No kidding. It was right in front of the candy store at 113 Avenue. Where he did the intervention. It distracted them. I was able to run across the street. At the time, David Dinkins had put up a huge 20-foot fence all around Tompkins Square Park because there had been riots by the anarchists. Lucky for me, he did that. I was able to scurry over the fence, and I survived that baseball attack. And Ray was there for me. 
So we gave him an award today in honor of what he did for me. He's always been a big supporter of the Guardian Angels. It didn't get any better than that. Because, you know, it's an eclectic population down there. Not everybody is uh, pro-Guardian Angel. A lot of anarchists, extreme left-wingers, supporters. But also the the neighborhood is completely gentrified from those days. That park is now. you got families in that park. 8th Street, you know, St. Mark's rather, you know, it used to be head shops, Shoe stores, you know, and now it's, you know, all kinds of different things. So. Yeah, a lot of sheds, a lot of empty restaurant yeah, yeah. sheds. And I'm <laughs> saying to myself, why do they still have these sheds out? I, as a self-appointed ratchar, and remember, the mayor has not yet appointed his ratchar. This is two months since he said that. Right. I went into all the sheds. Many of them are not used. You can see the rat droppings. You can see homeless people living there, garbage that's not picking up. He said, why do they still have these sheds out? Well, that's number one. Number two, it's a neighborhood now per square inch per capita has more legal weed shops than even Amsterdam in Holland. Uh, they're going to open the third weed shop right near where you live, 14th Street Union Square on Monday. That means you got one on 8th Street right across the street from NYU on Broadway. You got the second one they opened up on Bleecker. Now you got the third one Monday that they're opening up on 14th Street across from Union Square Park. And they got all the illegal pop-up shops. Well, you see how many? The NYPD put a number on it. They said there are 1,300 of these illegal shops out there. Yeah, but why are they saturating legal weed shops in Greenwich Village? Don't they realize that there are people who buy pot who don't live in Greenwich Village? They're all over the five boroughs. So that's the second thing you you, you notice right away when you walk in the street. A lot of garbage in the streets. They're just not getting the garbage up. But a hell of a lot better than it was when I lived there from 1983 to 1993. And then I took him to the place where I had jumped out of the cab on June 19, 1992, after getting shot five times with hollow point bullets. And you know who the first person to run up to me when I was on the street at Avenue B and 6th Street? Ray from the candy yeah. store. Oh, it was great. Now, the worst of times was I was just on the cusp of going to Toronto after 20 years of being banned in Ontario. My passport flagged. I could not go to Ontario because they didn't want the Guardian Angels. The officials banned me. Then they had a new mayor, John Tory, who... Oh, excellent. 10 years ago was a talk show host. Yes, and so so you have an in there now. Excellent. I had an in. You know the new mayor. You're the mayor. He had me on his show. He said, if I ever become Mayor Curtis, I'm going to (laughs) officially invite you to the Guardian Angels. The ban on your travel to Ontario will be over. That's such good news. Congratulations. I re-upped my passport, and then all of a sudden last night while I'm doing... The 12 midnight to 6 in the morning show, I'm getting beat from Toronto. <laughs> All the people who were inviting me said, we may have to rethink this because the mayor, John Tory, has just resigned. He did a Bill Clinton. He had his own Monica yeah, Lewinsky. Yeah. I said, Marana, my, I've waited 30 years, 20 years of which I was banned from Ontario. And remember, they had the previous mayor look like Chris Farley from Saturday Night Ford, Live. Ford, right? Ford? Right, he was smoking crack. Yeah. He was like Marion Barry. And they got some real serious problems in Toronto, so it's back to the drawing board for me because I have a feeling whoever replaces Mayor John Tory, again, former talk show host, great guy, uh, will not at all be amenable to inviting me in the Guardian Angels. Well, so I mean, the best guys, of times and the worst of times. Well, it's it's great that you went back to where it all began. You know, I, my experience on St. Mark's was at the other end of St. Mark's, was the the um, theater where they used to have Rocky Horror Picture Show oh, at yeah. midnight. And so my buddies and I, we would come in from Brooklyn, we would go to Rocky Horror, and then, you know, St. Mark's never closed. It, it, but it was a lot of shoe stores, a lot of head shops, and at the end of it, at Avenue A, where it ends, you had you had the, 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 the candy store, which was always open. It, it, it's great that you're on here. 44 years is a lot of years. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I stopped and I did something I shouldn't do, but it's my favorite pizza of all time, Stromboli's on First Avenue in St. Mark's. Albanians, it was that yeah. way when I was living there. I used to order a pie a day and two 68-ounce bottles of Coca-Cola. Now, I've had colitis, ileitis, <laughs> chronic Crohn's disease, but I had to stop and get two slices. So if I pass out in the middle of the show... From the chronic Crohn's disease that kicks in whenever you have any kind of red sauce, you'll know why. So let me ask you, is that the, I mean, you know, we've only been there for a couple of years. Is that the best pizza in, I, in the I East Village? I consider it the best because I lived on it for 10 years. Every yeah. day I would order a pie and two 68-ounce bottles of Coca-Cola. <laughs> now, this is how I do it. Three slices for lunch, three slices for dinner. Put the other two slices in the refrigerator 
and then eat it cold in the morning. That's a yeah, man's that's man's a man's breakfast. And wash it down with two bottles of 68-ounce <laughs> Coca-Cola. Now you know why I had colitis, ileitis, chronic Crohn's disease, and I yeah. get shot. With five hollow point bullets. Yeah. So they actually, the, the, the mob didn't have to come after you. You were going to plot that you were going to fall over anyway with Imagine, that diet. For 10 years, every day, a pie, eating a pizza That's pie. Nuts. Hey, well, we didn't have any money at that time. And by the way, it was great pizza then, great yeah. pizza now. So that's sort of my little bit of memory lane. But speaking of memory lane, Talking about Canada, it's easier for the migrants to get into Canada now than it is for me. Now that uh, Mayor John Tory has resigned in disgrace for having a mind. By the way, do you know, and apropos of nothing, you know who else can't get into Canada? Who's that? Me. Apparently, if you've committed a felony, you need a letter from the Queen in order to be able to go into uh, Canada. Or you have to do what 50 Cent did, Curtis Jackson. So when they were detaining me with Eritreans and Ethiopians that they were going to deport, I said, Mr. Sliwa, you're not permitted to come in in Ontario. You're banned. And I had this huge, like the size of a map in my passport, you know, that folded <laughs> yeah, yeah. out, banned in Ontario, banned. I'm looking and I see 50 Cent with his manager coming to and he's waving to me because he culturally appropriated my name, Curtis. Right. <laughs> and I say. Hey, you guys, you let this guy committed all kinds of felonies. He said, yeah, he just posted $500,000 bond. He's just coming in for a concert, and he's leaving in 72 hours. Do you have $500,000, I can. I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's, that's actually good because I am, of course, also a hip-hop icon. Maybe I can pull that deal off as well. So now what do you do? Are you, you're seri- are you banned in all of the, the whole country no. or just in Ontario? No, I can, I'm welcome in all other parts of Canada where I've developed guardian angel groups. It's Ontario. Huh. And I had finally my in. And remember, Rob Ford's brother. Is the provincial uh, leader of all yeah. of Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Not a crackhead. So he was amenable to me. Well, and, and are migrants going to Canada oh. good for them? Well, let me tell they you must something. must love it there. Isn't it great to be a migrant now? If you can make it across the border from Mexico into Texas, you now have choice. You can determine where you want to go. If you're not happy in one city... Hey, they give you concierge service. They re-ticket you. This is the new term. We re-ticket you. The Canadians are saying, wait a second. Migrants are coming into our country having been re-ticketed from New York City. And then they're sending them back, not because they want to, but because the migrants are saying too much snow up here. Right, but we're, but we're paying to get there. We're paying them to go somewhere else. Right? We're paying them, right. although it's through Catholic Charities, which basically is taking the federal dollars. It's a real racket. It's a syndicate. It's as long as you're I know, a migrant. I know. You're obsessed with this. But, but the, the idea of – that's not a new idea. We've had other – Koch did it. Bloomberg did it. Giving homeless people a bus uh, – Rudy bus t- did it. Yeah, Rudy did it. It's, ba- it's frankly, I mean, it sounds kind of crass, but it is the cheapest, easiest way to deal with our homeless problem is try to get them to go but somewhere else. But it was else. always somewhere in the United States. As long as you lived in the territorial right. United States, you could live in Commonwealth, Puerto Rico. You could live in Guam. By the way, you mentioned Bloomberg. He spent a billion dollars. What did he win? Guam in the Democratic <laughs> primary for president. Right? But anyway, the point is, as long as it was in the territorial United States, the Adams administration has extended it. I think they are true believers in the North American Fair Trade Association Agreement. Yeah. They're trading in migrants now. <laughs> so I broke the story on February 1st during my noon show. I said they're going up to Roxham Road, which is a five-mile road outside of Plattsburgh, directly into Quebec. They know they're going to be arrested. The RCMP announces you will be arrested if you're asylum seekers, you got to step over, you fill out the paperwork, and then it's a question as to whether they're going to let you in on that. They do, right. because they're even more liberal, they're more progressive, they're more generous with their asylum benefits in the United States. And so all of a sudden, those illegals, those migrants outside of the Watson Hotel who didn't want to go to the Carnival Cruise Line Terminal in Red Hook, they were given an opportunity by the Adams administration with the National Guard that was sent by Kathy Hoko. You can go to Plattsburgh and then work your way to Canada. Right. And they did. Now, some of them want to come back because they said, too much snow. It's too cold. It, you know, if you want permanent housing, just go to Mexico, come in through the border, and you can now be put up at the Holiday Inn right on Rector Street in the shadow of the New York Stock Exchange. The Adams administration just leased all 500 rooms at $190 a day from a red Chinese guy who owned it. 
Yeah, that's it. But, but yeah, we have or we have a right to housing here. But but I can't imagine what these people are doing is they're trying to find any place possible that they can that they can settle and wait to hear what, how their asylum case is going to turn out. You yourself, Kathy Hochul said we have space. Uh, was it Kathy Hochul or Gillibrand said we have space upstate? Yes. Well, Plattsburgh is about as far upstate as you can get without bumping into Canada. Well, they're not intent on staying in Plattsburgh or Champlain. Uh, yeah, Champaign, which is four miles away, which is north, or in Burlington. Some of them go yeah, to there's, Burlington there's, and Vermont. There, there's Lake Champlain, which divides Canada. You know, I know this because I went to college in Plattsburgh, which separates Burlington, fancy pants Burlington, to former the, the, the uh, Air Force Base in Plattsburgh. But, yeah, they're, they're, these people are probably willing to go anywhere they think they can find safe harbor. Now, you mentioned you went to Plattsburgh. And I know you were on scholarship to play hockey there well, in Plattsburgh. Scholarship right? is a strong word for just going up there to play hockey, but go ahead. But you love smash mouth hockey, right? You love to get on. In fact, that's that's one of your passions in life. And, and Jordan, as I pointed out, won his game this morning, only the second victory, 7-2. to Now, this is the problem. Some of your colleagues, a guy named Di Benedetto up in the Bronx, the assemblyman. I'm familiar with him. Said, you know, for years I wanted to ban Pop Warner football. I never thought I could get the votes in the Assembly or the State Senate. Now that we have the supermajority in both, I have a colleague in the State Senate. We are prepared to uh, write up legislation, introduce it on the floor. We've been told by Hasty he'll greenlight it, as will Cousin Stewart in the State Senate, to ban Pop Warner football. Now, first they came for America's Smash Mouth football. Then they'll come for Pop Warner hockey. You know they're going to do that. Well, they've already gotten rid of aluminum bats in Little League. Yes. Right? They succeeded in doing that. Uh, but the closest to American football, Smash Mouth football, is hockey. There's so many similarities. There's body contact. There's a lot of contact. You're checking. There's stick checks. There's body checks. Guys sometimes end up losing teeth, it's right? It's also right, and it's also much much higher speed. They're moving much quicker than, than you're moving if you're just bumping into someone at the line of scrimmage. Anthony, I want you to join me in solidarity. Take on your colleagues. We cannot ban Pop Warner football in New York State because if we do that, then they're coming after Jordan and all of his friends. Well, I, I hope not. By the way, how old is, you know, these are kids. It must be, what, less than 12 or something like that? I mean, surely. Yeah, about 8 to 12, I think. Right. The only question is when they should be allowed to play football. No one thinks they should never be allowed to play. It uh, is a watch. They'll, they'll go into the high school. They'll eliminate high school football. They're intent on destroying smash mouth football. You think this is this another way that they're undermining the fabric of American society? And is that what's to happening? impose upon us that fake, phony, fraudulent football they spell with a U, soccer. <laughs> goal! Goal! Anthony, I need you to join me in solidarity. We can be a I bipartisan... Will, I, will, I will take up this cause. I don't think the football is the problem. But we, we do want to protect our kids. Look, I you know, Jordan bumped his head this week. He's walking around telling everyone who listen he's in the concussion protocol. You know, football... You know, kids are going to get banged up. Kids are... Kids, that's what's going to happen exactly. when you're a kid. Exactly. And I know Dominic does not want Pop Warner football eliminated. He's told this story many times on these very airwaves... That his coach was an off-duty cop, a white cop, with mostly young black males, without parents. I mean, not parents, but without fathers. And he became the father figure. And Dominic said it kept him and so many young African Americans in the South Bronx out of problems. They're not even factoring that in. Anthony, imagine the troika, the trifecta, the trinity. Anthony, Dominic Carter, and Curtis Slew in solidarity to stay in Pop Warner football. Standing up for football on Super Bowl Sunday. That That is, you're right, it's a natural. I'm in. Count me in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Up next, we have a number of local issues we have to talk about, especially the State of the Union address. I know you touched on that greatly, but not in the manner that I'm going to approach you with because the new face of the Republican Party is Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos. I want to projectile vomit. <laughs> uh, Biden suckered, suckered the Republicans in, and they went for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Thank you, Clash, for dedicating this song, Red Angel Dragon, to the Guardian Angels. They did it long ago, but it's our 44th anniversary this Monday, February 13th. <laughs> Left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Soul, soul brother number one, James Brown. Take doing, him to the bridge. Doing Take the him to the bridge. Potato. By the way, lifelong Republican. Remember, he supported Eisenhower, Nixon over JFK. He was always in Jet and Ebony magazine as a Republican and his protege. Al Sharpton. Yes, the little boy preacher who would be his opening act. Now, to the uh, most brilliant State of the Union address that I've ever witnessed, and I've seen quite a few. So you're go- you think it was, you think. It was brilliant, huh? You think this was intentional, not accidental? Well, uh, the team Biden went to Cam David and practiced as they should. All of my colleagues here at WABC said the guy would be lucky to get through 20 minutes. He'll stumble and fumble on his way to the podium and probably fall down and need medic alert on his way out the door. Right? right, right. They were all saying That's true. That. That's true. Guy went out there and ripped off 80 minutes, the longest State of the Union address I've ever seen. And when all of a sudden, and he knew that the rabid Republicans, the moment he gave them the red meat, they have intentions of taking away the entitlements, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. He knew that they would start screaming and yelling, liar, liar. And if you notice, he was very cool, calm, and collected. Most times that would throw somebody up at the podium, but he he knew it was happening. And who jumps up like a Jersey housewife, like one of the Jersey housewives? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, my God. Screaming. Ah! And before that, the new face of the Republican Party. You can't escape any program without seeing him. George Santos glued to the railing. Yeah. Like your colleague used to be Elliot Engel. It was the whole reason for being a congressman, the first to shake whatever president. Didn't mind Democrat, Republican. He would wait days. Crazy glue himself to the railing. And I knew that President Biden brought his A-game because there was George Santos reaching over to shake. Biden was having none of that. Nobody said, Mr. President, don't shake his hand. So I said, hmm, this guy is on his A-game. He goes up there, he knocks out 80 minutes. Does he lie? Tell me any president who was up for the State of the Union address who doesn't lie, embellish, fib, But this was tactically done because he knew the Republicans would go off the hook. Even Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, said they got us. He lured us into the trap. And the new face of the Republican Party, unfortunately, is Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene, that wacko kukulamunga, QAnon, anti-Semite, laser beam started the fires in California, financed by some Jewish guy. I mean, the worst of the worst, 9-11 denier. So you got her, and then you got the liar, the nonstop liar, George Santos, who in today, again, another lie. He said, the reason I had a lie about my resume of which which colleges I went to, Baruch and NYU, is because if I didn't say that I had gone to college, the Nassau County GOP wouldn't have given me their nod. What the hell am a high school dropout? I ran for mayor. What are you talking about? <laughs> Every day it's another lie. He won't go away. Anthony and you Democrats really don't want him to go away, do you? You love it every day. Even on the overnight show of Fox, which has superseded all the other late night shows now, they have a comedian now imitating George Santos. He actually looks like George yeah, Santos. Yeah. He's got the glasses. All of, them, all of the late That's night shows what, have their Santos. But even Fox News. Yep. And you say to yourself, this guy has got to go away. 
Democrats and say, yes, she must go. No, stay. Yes, she must go. No, please stay. And I'm warning all the Republican candidates who want to run for city council and then uh, in the Assembly and State Senate in two years, where the first time they'll have matching funds. If you don't get rid of Santos, every Democrat is going to run against you as either George Santos or Marjorie Taylor Greene. And that you're not going to be able to defend that. Well, you know, first of all, let's do the let's do the first part. You're exactly right. You know, the thing that people don't realize, perhaps, is that the part about sunsetting Social Security Medicare was written into the president's speech that they released the day before. Yes. And as soon as he said those words, even the party says some of you like he knew there was going to, you know, in during the regular House proceedings, C-SPAN controls the cameras. But during these these states of the union, the, the TV networks have to take whatever of the different feeds that they want. Everyone knew at that moment where to look. They all went to Marjorie Taylor Greene because it's almost like it was scripted and everyone knew it. Even McCarthy, I don't know if you saw McCarthy trying to shush yes. his team down yes. as, 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 as nondescriptly as he could. And he handled it like a comedian doing stand-up, you know, who gets negative. Yeah, yeah. He was prepared for that. Yeah. He really was. He did an excellent job with that. And he stole the State of the Union address from the Republicans who looked like they were barbarians, like they were out of control. And look, look how Marjorie Taylor Greene was dressed. Come on. Yeah. She looked like a Jersey, well, like she one was, of the Jersey well, housewives. Well, she was walking around all day with a big white balloon, to give you an idea yeah. what she was thinking. And I think she was trying to dress like a big white balloon. But it is really – look, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. This reminds me so much of when the Gingrich Congress came in and Bill Clinton, who needed a lifeline, just made himself just the adult in the room. He didn't have to do very much except watch the crazy – it happened – with Obama and the the what it what, the, the Tea Party guys, you know you've got to be careful for the extremes of your party. Get start labeling. That's the label. And for most casual viewers, and and the ratings were down for this, but everyone heard about it. For most casual viewers, they don't believe in booing the president, heckling the president. They and they're they're like you. They believe politicians say things. That sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. This was a very good day for Joe Biden. And it wasn't. It's not like the speech was anything amazing. He still stumbled the way he often I does. He did eighty minutes? Yeah, but he was, but he he had a, a very good night in that. In that, it just made the rest of them look really bad. And I mean, think of it. Here is Mitt Romney going up to George Santos, like, "What are you doing here? What you going the back? Yeah. Get lost! No, you'll never be president. You're a sick puppy, right? <laughs> he is. What the hell is he doing well, in the house? And just you know, but you but you put your finger on it when you said the Democrats say they want him to go, but they kind of don't. No, no, nothing stops, and I think it finally happened last week. Nothing stops the Democrats from offering up a bill, kicking him out, and defying the Republicans exactly. to vote it. Exactly. And but they haven't up to now of course because not. they want this guy flopping around. They as want long him as all possible. two years, and you know they gave the new edict is. If you're going to raise funds, you have to announce now for re-election. I forget the FEC, right? Uh, Federal uh, Election Commission. They said, if you're going to run for re-election, you must announce for it now, you know, to apply for FEC. Well, here, no, here's here's the way the law works. If you're going to spend anything more than like five thousand dollars, you have to have a treasurer, you have to have a committee and you have to have a a, you have to have a new committee each year. It can have the same name, but it carries over. You have to you can't raise any money. This is the the weird thing about Santos. You know, his treasurer claims not to be the treasurer. He exactly. has no treasurer. No treasurer. And Santos is talking about, oh, that's, oh, I have nothing to do with that. The document that appoints the treasurer is signed by the candidate. That's like your yes. first act to make the, the campaign. Um, but he is, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to me. You know, who hates Santos the most is all these other Republicans who are trying to get any attention they can for their stuff they're doing on Twitter, the stuff they're doing on the FBI, anything at all. And they turn on the State of the Union. That guy's standing on the aisle like Elliot Engel. Stuck I mean, with crazy I, I, I don't understand why no one goes over to him. You know, McCarthy, show some leadership. Say, get this guy. You know, Romney's not wrong. No, he's ha, absolutely get in right. The back of, remember they had that guy Condit who was a, who everyone thought killed that intern. Remember yeah. that guy? Yeah. He hid in the back. He hung around. The best thing that ever happened for him was the attack on 9-11 because we forgot all about point. it. That's a good point. That did happen. Because before that, all we were talking about was Rock Creek Park where they found the young lady. Body, yeah. And he was the prime suspect. Notice the moment the attack on 9-11, you never heard of that right. again. But the, the, the reason I mentioned that, he would... Go only using the tunnels to get so he wouldn't yeah. ha- attract attention. He sat in the back very quietly. Yeah. Sometimes he would stay there all day so he didn't have to go in the tunnels anymore because yeah, yeah. you, if you're a member of the press, you can just stand there waiting. 
This guy Santos gets on the aisle. What did he think was going to happen? Well, honestly, he, it, look, he loves this. You got to understand. You think, boy, oh boy. I always denounce this guy Santos, right? Given the choice of Zimmerman and Santos, I say, yeah, vote for Santos because I didn't know any of this stuff. Right. But I got to tell you, this guy's loving every second of it. He's probably got that channel changer. He's watching all the parodies. He's in seventh heaven. And as as long as he can stay in the house, he will pull all kind of antics and tricks and he just wants to be the bell of the ball. There's no doubt about it. He just wants to be the the talk him and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Notice Marjorie Taylor Greene never talks about well, I want to ask some questions here on the committee. So why was I banned? Yeah. Yeah. Me, me, I, I, I represent Georgia. Well, guess what, lady? You don't represent me. And most Republicans, get the hell out of there. I mean, this guy, she's a 9-11 denier. QAnon. She says that some Jewish financier financed lasers being fired into the forest of California that started all those fires. A number of other loony kazuni things. And she's talking about, I might become the vice president candidate for Donald Trump. Yeah. And he doesn't and denounce that. Is, and she is, and as you said at the top, She's become one of the most well-known members of that. Like, if you think of the Republican Party right now, she's in the top four or five people whose names come to mind. That Can you imagine trying to show that you're prepared to run a country with her as your poster child? If I am your colleagues, the Democrats, if I'm running against a woman, Republican, I just plaster the face of Marjorie Taylor Greene on her. If I'm running against a male, a male Republican, I just plaster George Santos on the face of that candidate. The poor candidates are going to have to spend most of their life having their answer for Marjorie Taylor Greene, right. that, that crackpot schoolball in George Santos, who can't tell the truth. Is his life dependent on it. Up next, oh, you got to talk about something really interesting. What the hell was that, Anthony, up there over Alaska that they shot down? Do you have any idea? I'm, I'm just waiting till Frank Morano comes on. He'll have to tell me. It was apparently... An unidentified flying object. Oh, come on. You've been in intel sessions. You've uh, heard things that the rest of society was not supposed to hear. you got to do a deep dive on this, Anthony. I cannot believe that all of a sudden it was a UFO. Our government won't even, won't even acknowledge the existence of UFOs exclusively here. A man who used to sit on intel commissions and uh, used to get uh, breakouts of what was happening with our national defense. It's time for you, Anthony Weiner, to open up and tell us what did they shoot down over Alaska that Sarah Palin was watching through her window when she was looking at Russia and up there at the UFO in her kitchen. Right here on Left versus Right, Curtis Lee versus Anthony Weiner, exclusively here on WABC. Tell yourself I can do what you can do. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Ah, oh, little Doobie Brothers, huh? How about Jesus is all right by me for Mr. Mm, Hashem is God, not JC, huh? <laughs> now, Anthony, I know that in all the years you served in Congress, you had to be privy to intel sessions in which national security was updating members of Congress. Maybe not in committee, but at least in general. That's why they were worried that George Santos would learn anything. Right. Because he blabbed to the world. But... The shooting down of the balloon, we know now it was a balloon. We know now it was China. And then the shooting of what appears to be a UFO, but it's got to belong to somebody. It's like, have there ever been circumstances like this that you are ever aware of? Don't we all have to assume there have been balloons floating up there for a long time? It's just that one got too low, we noticed it, and suddenly it's the news du jour. I imagine there are balloons all the time. I believe we have balloons probably floating around over there. Look, we do our spying the best way, which is with satellites like they do. Uh, the Red Chinese have about 500. We have about 2,500. What do we? Well, let me stop you there. What do we know? We know nothing. We know nothing what these defense department guys tell us to make them look good. 
We don't know anything. For all we know, this has been the way it's been going on for months and years. And just finally we saw one or or the Chinese. We're probably pissed off the Chinese did such a big one because now you've blown up our whole balloon spying situation. And we still have the balloon floating over South America. Nobody seems I, to want no to shoot that one no, down. No one wants it. <laughs> Nobody take, wants to shoot that balloon down. Take whatever pictures you want to down there. You're not gonna... But you know what's so interesting? I don't trust our government, neither Democrats or Republicans. I remember as a young boy, you weren't even birthed yet, Anthony. I'm six years old. I'm watching TV. It's the end of the Eisenhower administration. So uh, we used to watch Chet Huntley and David Brinkley. We did not watch Walter Cronkite. Uh, black and white TV. And then uh, it was President Eisenhower just before leaving office and JFK assuming uh, responsibilities in a very close election against his vice president, Richard Nixon, who was responding to reports from TASS, the Soviet uh, media outlet, in which the Soviets were saying they shot down a U-2 plane. And Eisenhower absolutely lies, Soviet propaganda, no way, we don't spy on the Soviet Union. The next day, here is happy Nikita Khrushchev after downing a bottle of vodka. He's somewhere in the Ural Mountains, and here is the remnants of the U-2 aircraft pulverized, and he's got Gary Powers right next to him in chains and shackles, the pilot, and they're interrogating him on the air. Oh, so you were flying over Soviet airspace? Yes. Uh, do you do this often? Yes. <laughs> Eisenhower had no comments after that. After that, I never believe either side. Never believe either side because, again, I think all of this is just to do as uh, Eisenhower warned us upon him leaving is to just spur up the industrial uh, weapons uh, defense the military industry industrial complex that lives for instances you like know, this. I, but here's the thing. I and I talked about this on on the middle unplugged was the podcast I do that that uh, that you can get on the Red Out podcast. Or I devoted it to this. You know, what have we found? We found out there's classified documents, 40 million of them new documents every year. We find out that they're in people's dens, they're in people's garages. Now we got balloons up in the air. And you know that this has been a whole kabuki dance between us and the Chinese. Listen, guys, we're going to shoot it down. You have to act outraged by it. We're going to postpone our, our meeting for a couple of days. We're not happy that you guys were caught. By the way, have we told any of the red Chinese ships, don't come to port with 80% of the retail goods that we buy yeah, in America? That's the other thing. We're all, we all need to go back to where, who are the secrets from at this point? We know them. They know us. They're looking at stuff. Like they want to pick up our signals. They want to hear what this chatter is. They're going to, I'm sure somewhere someone is listening wait, to my podcast. Wait, you know, you know what's next. The elimination of TikTok. Yeah. TikTok, of which I have a huge following, 100,000 people. I'm not giving up my TikTok. No, I'm sorry. Have, look, they, they, we might – the whole thing is like what – if you want to – if we have secrets that you can discern by floating over our country in a balloon, we don't deserve – We what is this all about? And I am sure you say, what is it? Did we know these existed? You're telling me that they just started to exist? No. How many times have, is someone calling into Frank Morano's show saying there's a UFO over my house? It's probably just one of these. And we always mock it when they say oh, it's a weather balloon. We always mock that. What we meant to say was it's probably the Chinese spy balloon that you saw in 1975. Listen, this is about the low tech, as low tech a spying as you can imagine. Now, why do they need to be at 30,000 feet? Suddenly I'm an expert because all these retired generals, I know how much you love them. Coming out of the woodwork, they're oh, no. experts First on spy of all, They're all lobbyists right. for the military industrial complex. Uh, the one that we often hear on WABC is not like fuck Jack. What's his name? Jack. He's like right out of uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange. General Jack. Who does he lobby for? I'd like yeah. to see his resume in terms of the money he's making from the military industrial complex. No, it, All they do is prime the pump. They want war because war is good business for them because they get residuals. They don't want peace. And also the and the spying is kind of the same way is like we're spying on them. They're spying on us. And I'll tell you one. If it is really true that by having a balloon 30,000, 40,000, 50 feet, the 50,000 feet over the ground, that you can somehow that there's something that you can do to harm us. OK, I'll buy that. If that's really a problem. But if you're just taking pictures and listening to what wait, we say on our cell phones. Wait, let me take you back. In fact, too bad we don't have that song. We should have it. It should be played by Vinny Madunio coming up from five to six. Uh, the protege a cousin Brucey from 6 to 10, or Tony Orlando without Dawn from 10 to 12, Snoopy and the Red Baron. Because in World War One, remember we would see the old black and whites? 
there'd be some guy on the French side of the trenches or the English side, and they would maneuver the balloon over the DMZ, and they would drop a single bomb that yeah. they would hold in their hand. And all of a sudden, the Red Baron would come out of nowhere and shoot it down <laughs> yeah. in flames. And then that, naturally, the Brits and the French would do likewise to the Germans because that was the way they did surveillance. That was the way they could see the enemy right. lines. And they actually began practicing by taking an actual bomb that they would hold in their hand and throw it to the ground. Don't tell me we've gone back and it's primitive ways for doing surveillance. Like what is that's actually a good question. What is the worst possible explanation that the check the, the the truth is probably they're spy they're like taking pictures or whatever. Whatever. Dirty bomb. Yeah, that's the other Oh thing. my god, dirty I'm, bomb. I'm hearing these Yahoos in Congress saying, Oh, they're gonna drop COVID on top of us. They're gonna drop a bomb. Is that really, they're going to attack us with this balloon? Let me ask you a question, Anthony. You like movies, right? I want you to go back to the classic Black Sunday, starring Bruce Stern, the psychotic pilot of the Goodyear blimp, who had been a Vietnam vet, who was subjected to Agent Orange, next to the PLO, a damsel in distress, and they were going to fly the Goodyear blimp over the Super Bowl, which is a tradition. There are three Goodyear blimps that are still in existence. And their job was to kamikaze style, crash it into the stands. Not that many people saw that movie. I saw it. Wasn't all that good. At the Rose Bowl, right? Is that where it took place? I believe so. And by the way, they had um, an American actor, a very good actor, who played the Mossad agent who was working with the FBI to stop Bruce Stern and his PLO mistress. Nobody went to see that movie. No. But it's so pertinent to what's happening Sunday outside of Phoenix. I suppose, yes. You can have these balloons floating, floating overhead. And now we're gonna we're gonna scramble F sixteens every time someone like let's go of a balloon at a at a at a state fair in New Hampshire. We're gonna go up and shoot it down. I gotta tell you. This is one of those things we're gonna look back on at the end of the year. We're gonna remember like those couple of weeks we were obsessed with balloons and until we went back to normal. I notice all the generals they get to dust off their yeah. medals. Yeah. They get to leave the military industrial complex that they're shilling for. And naturally the CEO goes you get out there and you tell them this is the we're on the edge of apocalypse now, Armageddon. And, and you get this college professor who wrote a book about spy balloons in 1985 to dust off. He, he comes on with his Coke bottle glasses and his tweed jacket. This is his moment in the sun to talk about spy balloons. For the rest of us, honestly, well, let, let us let us go, go go back to our lives. And then all of a sudden they say, you know, they were floating balloons when uh, Trump was president. Lies! <laughs> lies! They could never... Yeah, but we didn't want to tell Trump because he would declare war. He would not declare war. That's the one thing that we knew Trump was not going to do. Declare war! Which yeah. he did not. No, By he... the way, that's the other question. Remember when uh, Trump was sitting with uh, Emperor Xi at Mar-a-Lago and they were having the chocolate cake and he said, excuse me, uh, Emperor Xi, I got to go bomb Syria, right? Well, I'll be yeah, right oh, back. Oh, yeah, that's right. The classic. With the earthquake that just happened, right? Horrible. About 25, 30,000 people yes. dead at this point yes. rising. The picture of our lifetime. Two cargo container jets. One from Israel, one from Iran, side by side on the tarmac. The Israelis responding first to the Turks. Erdogan hating Israel, hating Jews. That's what's kept him in office. Meantime, not a dime, not a penny to Syria. If you notice, nobody's sending any money to Bashir Assad, the butcher of Damascus. Everything's going to Turkey. But you say, excuse me, there are thousands dying in Syria. In fact, there may be even a more... Difficult position because of all the bombing that they had to absorb in the civil yeah, war. Yeah, but you know why that is? It's not because the Israelis haven't offered repeatedly. No. It's because Assad won't won't let uh, a Jewish you know, right. they, they won't let them in their country. And the Israelis are always first in, whether you're a friend or a foe. But will they get recognized for that? Of course not. Anyway, up next, uh, your Super Bowl picks. And uh, now that we are in solidarity, we must save Pop Warner football in New York State because. What will become of a future generation if we can't play Smash Mouth American football? It'll be wagging the dog. We'll even lose to Albania in Morris Park. And I'll have to tune in for your show to find out who the heck Pop Warner was. Oh, you don't know who Pop Warner was? Oh, my God. There was Jim Thorpe. There was Pop Warner. And it was Jim Brown. American Smash Mouth Football exclusively here on 77 AM WABC. If you missed any of the middle earlier, you go to WABCRadio.com for all your podcast needs. 
And to go to the website that I'm all, all, always purloining information from, Keys to the City, Anthony comes up from, with great information, which means he would have been a much better man than Bill de Blasio, who now, believe it or not, wants to become the Secretary of Labor for Joe Biden. Say it ain't so, Joe. The Secretary won't go away. Say it ain't so. The left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC. WABC. It's the left versus the right. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. After the turn of a century in the clear blue skies over Germany came a roar and a thunder man had never heard like the screaming sound of a big warbird. Uh, Vona von Wilhelm, his name Bill de Blasio when he came down from Cambridge to New York. Claiming he didn't want to have the uh, last name uh, given to him by his father. Actually, a war hero uh, as part of the invasion of Iwo Jima, I think, lost his leg. Uh, raised his son to be a Boston Red Sox uh, fan. Took him to Fenway Park, where he loved Rico Petrucelli, number six. And I will give Bill de Blasio credit for two things. Mark this down. This is a record for me. <laughs> All right, enough for Snoopy. And you're a little late on that. Okay, so Bill de Blasio actually knew his sports about baseball. How do I know? Because my middle son, Carter, sitting next to him at an opening day for the Mets, his mother was singing uh, the national anthem. That was Melinda. And Bill de Blasio was giving him information about the Mets. Even though he wasn't a Met fan, he was wearing Met colors and a number six in honor of Rico Petroselli, who played for the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. So he knew his baseball. There's no doubt about it. Now, all of a sudden, as... There is a move, I don't know how strong it is, to get him to become United States Labor Secretary for Joe Biden. He's getting attacked by Eric Adams and two levels that even I haven't attacked, Bill de Blasio, and I attacked him for everything. I had a scorch and burn and napalm position on him in eight years. He is responsible, Bill de Blasio, for the migrant issue. I'm saying to myself, wait a second. This migrant issue came up in August. This is Eric Adams' yes. take on this? He's, he's blaming the Biden because of them. That's why they had a gateway into New York City. I'm saying to myself, look, Bill de Blasio deserves a lot of criticism. This is not. Then the budgetary concern. Bill de Blasio left me almost with no money. What are you talking about? This is not Bill de Blasio. Look at your own budget. You got to live on. Well, your- he's not wrong that de Blasio spent like a drunken sailor, and the size of the of the government did explode under under de Blasio. He's not wrong about that. Yeah, but he- Eric Adams hasn't done anything to shrink the budget. Well, but he is correct in saying that the budget increase now. We, we took in a lot. These were very good times under de Blasio. Many of us who were critical of de Blasio, it's because he had such good times and still he didn't run. Well, he had stimulus, good. too. Right. It's stimulus. Well, well, that stimulus. Was, I mean, that was towards the end. But, but why in my last debate against Eric Adams, he's standing there on the stage, Channel 7 Eyewitness News. We were asked to give him grades, Bill de Blasio. I gave him an F, as you would assume. Right. And Eric Adams gave him a B plus. Now, you give somebody a B-plus, that's pretty damn good, unless it's social promotion. Now, all of a sudden, all the problems that Eric Adams has as the result of Bill de Blasio. I got to tell you, this guy is a fair-weather friend, Eric Adams. What was the migrant? I didn't see the migrant argument. What argument did he make for that, that just he made this? What did he do that? I I can kind of see the budget argument. I don't understand. I I will have to send you the article, the pivot and shift. it, it, It doesn't seem. But, listen, look, Eric Adams has been... Moving further and further and further, kind of in rhetoric to the right with each passing week. Right? Wouldn't well, you look, agree? Look, he's married our own Sid Rosenberg. They're like two peas in a pot, a soup and a sandwich, a horse and a carriage. And as I told Sid yesterday uh, at 7.05, because I'm on three mornings a right. week with him as his fiend and foe with all of his friends, I said, let's look at this. Before he got on with you every two weeks, 
He was at 42% approval rating. He's now at 37%. (laughs) He's announced that you're his favorite talk show host, no longer Charlemagne the God and all the brothers and sisters on the FM side who are pissed off at him. If I were advising Eric Adams, I would say lose him like a bad habit. Well, here's what I would say. Now, that was on page two of the Daily News. A great spread for Sid. I, I mean, to how close they are in this relationship. Someone gave that to – if they wanted it to be positive, they would have given it to the Post, right? Someone sees that as being a hit on on Eric Adams, right? They went to the more left newspaper. I think, I think there is – look, there's no doubt about it. I think this is the real Eric Adams. I think Eric is kind of a more conservative Democrat, but he is just inviting a challenge from oh, the left. But let me tell you something. I actually encouraged Ed Rosenberg to continue to have dinner with Eric Adams as much as I hate him, loathe him, and despise him because it's better that he's sitting with Sid than with that um, that spiritual advisor of his, uh, Bishop Whitmore, who got arrested <laughs> now for a second time for shaking down his congregation. By the way, did you see he was cleared of the first one? You remember when he yes. was mugged and it turned, and yeah, we yeah. all were like, this looks no, no, like there an was inside one, job. Remember, he did time for a, No, a, but I'm saying that the one that put him on the map where he was he was roughed up and had stuff stolen on camera, and we said, this looks like and an now, inside job. And now his latest pal who walks around actually dialing up Eric Adams when he's in meetings and gatherings, and you know him well, Malcolm Smith, who just got yeah. out of federal prison, Lewisburg, for federal corruption. He's hanging out with Malcolm Smith. And, man, nothing good can come from that. So the more that Sid Rosenberg can have dinners with Eric Adams, the better. If it keeps him away from the likes of Malcolm Smith and that cabal. I agree. Oh, I agree. If, if those are your choices. Yeah. Sid. I, except I warn him, don't get into the political hot tub with Eric Adams. Because guess what? He's going to win. And you, Sid Rosenberg... Are going to lose. By the way, do you have a pick in the Super Bowl? I, I have no dog in this fight. I guess I think Kansas City is going to win, but I am over those. If someone lights up the Empire State Building in anyone's color, besides the Giants and the Jets, uh, there's going to be heck to pay. Let me tell you something. As much as I hate the Eagles, crash, Eagles, crash, and I hate them as a Giants fan, this is like, um, remember when Rocky's uh, managers, hey, Rocky ain't getting in there with, with Mr. T. He'll kill you. The Eagles.